run at it shouting. Do as he says, run at it shouting. We have the amazing Susie Paris here. Thank you so much for joining us. It's an absolute pleasure, absolute pleasure. And Charlie, thank you so much for all you've been doing and raising for the charities. I know they will be so grateful and you've done a brilliant job. Well done. Thank you so much. I will just say on that note that um, the, it's obviously the, the people who did donate, thank you very much. We've uh, decided, me and Su- Susie decided to uh, go for the Felix Project today, which is delivering surplus food to charities and schools. It's an amazing charity. Um, you guys raised 123, last time I counted, might be more now, 123 pounds. And Susie, bless her heart, put 100 pounds on top of that. So this event has uh, done 223 pounds, which, uh, which will go a hell of a long way. So that's brilliant. Um, so thank you. And, um, you know, enough of me. No one's here for that. Over to the main lady. Um, uh, yes, over to you. Well, hello, everybody. Uh, it, it's such difficult times, and I'm sure the most, important thing that's worrying everybody is when we will be working again. Uh, So I can assure you that television is getting up and running. Um, I did a series early on the year called McDonald and Dodds, which stars um, Jason Watkins and Tala Gouvier. And the good news is that series two, God willing, will start filming on the 14th of September. So I hope that that is some cheery news for everybody because I, you know, obviously the theatre which is off, I'm sure, all of ours collective first love and the reason why we come into this industry in the first place. Obviously, it's not good news at the moment, but a friend of mine told me, and I don't know if this is true, that George Osborne is resigning or leaving the Evening Standard and is apparently passionate about the theatre. And our dear culture secretary, who doesn't seem to know much about the theatre, has taken George Osborne, apparently, I've been told, sort of onto the team. So the chances are that his input may be very, very helpful to us as an industry, but obviously time will tell. And I know that um, Sam Mendes wrote a brilliant letter and lots of people obviously have been approaching the government and the cabinet about what they can do to help us in the theatre. And I know that, you know, for most of us, that is, that's a big worry. But that aside, uh, television is coming and running. Um, I hear that Wurzel Gummidge is hoping to film from August. Uh, Death in Paradise, I think they're already on the planes going back to whichever beautiful island they shoot at. And I know they're small casts, but I think it's encouraging that, you know, that, that we are up and running. Um, other projects that I was on that went down before the pandemic was Van der Volk, which films in Amsterdam. And obviously we're very reliant on the government in the Netherlands as to when that can come back up again. And the other series was Agatha Raisin, which films in the Cotswolds, which has had you know a very low uh, rate of um, people having COVID-19. But it's down to the insurers mainly. They won't now insure any of us for COVID. But what happened when terrorism was sort of beginning to encroach into the insurance side of stuff for television? 
A fund was uh, founded where the production companies paid into a government fund so that should filming stop because of a form of terrorism attack, the insurance would come from that. So what the industry is trying to do is do the same thing for COVID. And I don't know how far down the line that is, but it's certainly um, being mooted and tried. It's going to take time, guys. And, you know, we are all in it together. It's an easy thing to say, but I think we are unique as an industry that we actually probably care about each other more than a lot of other professions do. And, uh, and what I would say to a lot of you is what I actually say to drama students when they're fe- finishing their graduation year. Suddenly when people stop, whether that's dance, singing or drama training, there's this sort of huge gap and shock of lack of creativity because their courses have come to an end in the way we came to an end quite abruptly in February. So what I always encourage them to do, which was in your own sort of acting friend fraternity, to meet up once a week, which you can do via Zoom, read a play together, doesn't matter what the play is, good, bad, doesn't matter, funny comedy, just so that you actually feel the support of other actors and artists and you're actually doing something creative Mm -hmm. once a week. Because I think when auditions come again, I think we're all going to be, I'm going to be nervous as well. I see my job as um, sort of looking after people as much as reading in the auditions. And it's going to be very strange for me to do Zoom auditions when I actually can't put my arm around somewhere, sense whether they're nervous or, or what is their feeling, to give them the confidence to go into the room. You know, even just that sort of hand on the back, someone can feel that you know you're on their side. And that's going to be missing my job to do in in zoom casting sessions being able to tip actors off and say oh yeah the director's a bit monosyllabic don't worry it's not you or you know don't try and say this because they're not interested or you know little tips that you can give that just sort of jolly everything along that opportunity is gone as well so what we're intending to do on mcdonald and dodds is to have zoom casting sessions a bit like today's that you'll be given a lot of time the writer, no, not the writer, the producer, the director, and I will be there. I haven't done one yet. So I'm assuming we'll be sort of reading to each other somehow on this camera. So that's going to be quite weird. And I think that's actually going to make us all a little bit nervous until we get into the flow of it. So that's why I would encourage everybody within your network of friends just to get acting again or just reading out loud. Because I think these are strange times for us. And the more we sort of bandy together, the better it will be. And please, God, God willing, you know, a vaccination will be found, social restrictions will be less, and we'll be able to go back to some kind of normality. Sorry, that sounded like a speech. I didn't mean it to, guys. (laughs) I was just trying to be encouraging. Awesome. Um, Could we, should we go to the, there's a few questions, Susie? Yeah. yeah, whatever. Great. Let's, um, so just say next question when you've finished and I'll choose the order. Um, Emma, Emma, <laughs> Emma. Is Emma on page two? She, she should come in front of you when she unmutes. Emma Kater? Hi. Oh, hey, How are you? I'm really well, Susan. Nice How are to you? See you? Lovely to see you. Lovely to see you. Um, so I've got a question which is a kind of general question about casting breakdowns. Um, 
And I think it's especially uh, prevalent at the moment because, you know, castings are coming in and they're, as you say, either a chat over Zoom or it's a self-tape. And very often all the information we get is through the casting breakdown. Um, so whether it's something that's been sent from an agent or whether it's something that we found ourselves. Um, and it seems to me that, um, and I'm in a privileged position, I'm, I'm you know, I'm, I'm a white woman, but still often I think casting breakdowns are so prescriptive um, uh, to the point of being, you know, discriminatory, I think, and in this current climate, it's a question about how brave can we be as actors in putting ourselves forward and making choices about a character when the breakdown says this is a, a white male aged 25 to 35, you know, which is, which is usual. So it's really about how we, you as a casting director, us as actors can start kind of changing perceptions and just opening up the um the casting bracket so that we can show start showing producers that characters can be many different types um how, how can we do that that's the question well, basically um the breakdown service i use is via spotlight and you basically just tick any when it comes to character if you're casting like for instance i've just sent a breakdown out on mcdonald's and dodds not to every agent in Britain, that's not possible. But to most agents I know, whether it's a small agency from Phil Belfield to Independent, you know, that the agents I know that take me to the theatre or ask me constantly to watch their clients on TV, whatever. So the only one I put down white this time is because I had to have someone that looked like Jason Watkins, because it's supposed to be an almost um, a scene where you think it's him and it isn't him. So on his character, I did tick white and I did put, I'm looking for as close to Jason Watkins. The only other character that I ticked was Eastern European because one of the characters is Polish and we need her to speak Polish. And so I ticked Eastern European. I think, Kristen, you probably saw that. And uh, I just said, you know, she does speak Polish, but we don't mind whether she speaks Polish with a Polish accent or whether she's completely neutral and first generation. For all the other characters, of which I think there were seven or eight, I just ticked any. And so anybody was suggested of, of um, you know, whether it was white, East Asian, Asian, South Asian, black, Afro-Caribbean, what, what, it doesn't matter. So that's where the control comes from, from your breakdowns. So I think I was sensible in ticking white for Jason Watkins because he is, and it has to be an audience confusion. So obviously, if somebody was six foot and white, it wouldn't work because Jason isn't six foot. And all the other characters, with the exception of Polish, uh, were just any. And to be honest, I think most, I mean, I, I can't speak for other casting directors, but certainly the missives we have from equity, which we obviously read and take note of, is that we don't ask anybody their age. And we don't, we, we, we say a playing age, which I think is fine and acceptable. And we don't state a skin uh, tone at all. Um, as far as obviously the recent Black Lives Matter movement I think that that's going to have a fantastic effect for off-screen representation. 
Um, I can't think of a DOP I've worked with who isn't white. I don't think I could name one. Same. Um, I certainly can name of colour producers and directors, of which I've worked with many. Um, But a DOP, yep, can't think of one. Script editors, yes, uh, quite a diverse uh, script editors I've worked with. So, oh gosh, sorry, Emma, I was going off on one then, wasn't I? But no, it's, 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 it's very it's interesting. casting director's responsibility to A, think outside the box anyway, and B, to make sure we are as inclusive as possible. And if you're casting a family, then it isn't, you cannot be as, as, as a, like theatre. We go to the theatre and someone's playing a fairy. We know they're not a fairy, but they're playing a fairy in A Midsummer Night's Dream. And we know there'll be a curtain call. So we know that they will come out of their characters and take a bow. So it doesn't matter what they are or who they are because they're playing a character and we're there for to be taken out of ourselves. We're in a mystery world of the theatre. Television is different because we're mostly trying to make it as documentary style as we can because we're asking actors to virtually not act, aren't we? We're asking them to be as real as possible in the characters that they're playing. So if we're casting a family and you've cast both the mother and the father who happen to be, for example, Japanese, then you would expect to cast Japanese children unless the situation is that they've fostered or they've adopted. And that would be the same, obviously, if you're casting a black actor and a white actress, then their children can be of mixed heritages. You mean... That is just following a family line of making, if it was a documentary, it would be real. But that doesn't mean that your leads have to be white. And I think that for quite some time on television, everybody has made a huge conscious effort to make sure that responsible career characters, whether you're a CEO, you're a psychiatrist, or you're a solicitor, are not mainly white, so that the positiveness of all the people who are playing that in real life, who don't happen to be white, are portrayed properly. Of course there's more to be done. Of course we have to get better. But I think on screen, I think collectively, as far as television in the UK is concerned, we have tried very hard to reduce the amount of white faces on screen. I'm not in charge of anything off screen. And yes, of course, I think that has to change drastically what, what did that answer your question because I'm yeah absolutely, absolutely. I'm the beginning bit yeah no no absolutely and I think you're you're right I'm just gonna ask to unmute you Harry where's Harry is Harry on page two Harry will come up as soon as he unmutes himself oh, I think. okay I'm here Susie oh hello oh hello Harry how are you haven't I'm seen you in a well. long time it's so good to see you that's exactly what I want to talk about I, I'm um I've just gone back into Spotlight. I don't know, it's five, ten years since I've been in Spotlight, but I've just gone back in for the hell of it and because it feels it's like I've come... It's important that you do. Yeah, well, I haven't wanted to act, but I do now. And um, So I was wondering, really, what advice you would give to people like me returning, um, the, the less obvious ways, if there are any, that the television business has changed. Well, I've, done a, I've got a little reel. I've got a little show, a, a little voice reel. I've got, I've got the obvious, but... Um, Anything you, you want to, anything you could add? Well, I think probably in the last 10 years, a lot of casting directors have either retired or sadly passed away that you probably would have known very well. 
lovely people like, you know, Doreen Jones, Marilyn Johnson, Malcolm, you know, so sadly we have lost some wonderful people who cared deeply for actors, deeply. Mm-hmm. Um, and there are a lot of young people that I don't know, so they're not going to know you. So um, the spotlight is absolutely vital. The showreel is vital. Now, it doesn't matter if those showreel pieces are 10 or 15 years ago, Harry, because if you can act, you can act. And if you can't, you can't. So they're going to show that you can act, because I know you. So they're going to show that you are a good actor. Obviously, your look will have changed. So I would... Do you have an agent? No. You don't? Well, that's going to be tough, Harry. I will be honest with you. You know, that is going to be hard. But maybe if you contact, who who did you used to be with? Were you with Roxanne? Oh, I was her first ever client. But after that, I, the last agent I was with was uh, Barry Burnett and Lizanne. Well, Lizanne has now got her own agency. So I would advise you to write to her. because She works exceedingly hard. And say that you're coming back into the business. Obviously, an up-to-date photograph of how you look now. And the body of the work that you did before should still be relevant and respectful. The younger casting directors aren't going to know you. Um, so you've got to know them. So you need to go through, I think, it's, Kristen, is Contacts Online now? It used to be a book. Is it online? Yeah, you can, on Spotlight, they do have a section that's Contacts Online that you can put in um, who it is. Not everyone's on there, but a majority. lot of people are. Then with 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 the spotlight, Harry, and get to see who the casting directors are. Obviously, at the moment, pointless to mail out while nobody's working. You know, I I would give that a month or two because the letter's going to go nowhere. So when things are back in production, predominantly in in filming, I would write and just say, look, you know, I'm not overexposed. I've not been doing it for 10 years. This is what I've been doing. This is the work I used to do. These are the agents I used to be with. And, you know, can you give me two minutes on a Zoom meeting? Because I have a great one, as most of you know, for meeting general in person. I think there's nothing better than meeting somebody in a room. And I'm, you know, that's going to be, as Kristen will know, it's going to be really hard for me not to meet people personally because it's something I really enjoy and get a lot out of. But there's no reason why we can't do one-to-one Zooms. I did with an agency that I didn't know at all who contacted me and said, would I meet their clients? And I did on a Zoom thing like this, you know. So I think you're going to have to work very hard, Harry, on it. But there's no reason why you shouldn't be able to pick up work again. But I mean, when that work starts, mm-hmm. but, but, but advertising on Spotlight with that show, because at least all they're going to do is click on it and see you immediately. Mm-hmm. Thank you. Good luck. Thanks, Tom. Get in touch with me. I will. <laughs> Um, Philip. Philip. Philip, I'll just ask, just unmute yourself if you can. Can you hear me? Oh, hello, Philip. How are you? I'm very good, thank you. Thanks so much for doing this. This is um, it's great. I'm actually not in England. I'm in I'm in Berlin, in Germany. What's happening in Berlin? Because you've had a second wave, haven't you? Uh, yeah, I mean, someone else uh, said that to me. I haven't really noticed it. I don't think anyone's noticed it here. So, what, What's that? A theatre's opening in Berlin? What's going on? I think the cinemas are going to open next week. Theatres, I think there's still a problem. I mean, it's, it's just undefined. They're not sure. I have to say, they've been amazing here in Germany, except um, culturally for, for all of us, they've been a bit wish-washy. 
wishy-washy. So they, there's no rules for it. They're not quite sure what to do with us. It's quite a big screen industry, though, isn't it, for television in Germany? It's quite a busy screen totally. industry. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I work in German TV and I speak German, so I'm, I'm fortunate to work in German TV. And uh, I'm, I'm, I'm going to start, I think, on the 10th of July. I'm starting uh, shooting. 10th of July? Yeah. Wow, that's fantastic. Yeah, it's great. Well, I wanted to ask you something because um, you just mentioned Thunderfolk and um, I also speak, I'm actually Dutch. So um, that, that's gone down in my, my nose. Ah, well, I just wanted to know how I can get on your radar. But Well, you just have. Which is <laughs> okay, good. good. Um, good. When we start again, half the cast um, are cast from the Netherlands. Oh, okay, great. We have a brilliant casting director who you know called Betty Post. Yeah, of She's course. She's fantastic. Yes. yes. Uh, so because it's a lot of ger- it's part German money, Dutch money, and British money, so the regular cast are predominantly English, and right. then everyone was watching the guy that runs the cafe and a character called Homeless Frank, who's in every yeah. episode. They are Dutch actors, and then half the guest leads and half the minor roles are Dutch. So it's sort of fifty-fifty really for the guest cast. Betty's a fantastic casting director, so I would definitely get in touch with her. Okay. I don't know when we will be allowed to film. But is that fun for you to work? I mean, do you work internationally? Or how not really, that work? No, I, to be honest, I'm not very good at that. Um, no. That's why we have Betty. Uh, okay. Um, I think because I've always devoted myself uh, to watching every episode of Casualty or Holby City, so I know British actors who are in small roles and watch them develop and hopefully increase their opportunities to bigger roles. Right. I've not really watched a lot of international uh, television or film. And because I really just know UK, you know, Scottish, Welsh, Irish, English right. actors and Cornish mm-hmm. very much so. And uh, so uh, get in touch with Betty. I will. Because all the Dutch actors will be cast from there. And she may be busy on something else as well, Philip, to be honest. I don't really know. At the moment, we're kind of just in, we just don't know when we can start again. I suspect probably not this year. Oh, really? Travel, quarantine, hotel. I mean, I have to go into quarantine. Okay, well, thank you very much. I'm delighted you're working in in Berlin. That's fantastic. Yeah, yeah, it's great. It's great, actually. Really pleased. Thank you. Uh, Nicole, sorry, Nicole. Hiya. Oh, hi, Nicole. How are you? I'm great, thanks. How are you? Oh, Lovely to meet you. There. Is that your studio? No, it's actually my parents' spare room. I'm sat with like a whole load of boxes because I just... Oh, really? <laughs> it looks like a studio. Yeah, yeah no, and it's not to decorate. <laughs> yeah, I'll, I'll tell them to keep it as is. Don't get too creative in here. <laughs> right. Yeah, okay. So my question, um, just sort of going back to Spotlight... I graduated last year from where? I, I went to so I did acting first and then my I did a postgrad in musical theatre. And where did you do that? I went to the London School of Musical Theatre. Yes. And um I got a agent who primarily uh sent me to theatre auditions and I just wondered what you would suggest because I don't see any tv breakdowns so i'm sort of on the other side of the fence there is absolutely no reason at all why agents can't take you to musical theater the reason that phil belfield is is at belford award is so successful and he mm. doesn't have a predominantly musical theater list 
is that he takes everybody to the theatre. So we know his clients, so we know they can act because we've seen them perform on stage. You can tell if someone can act through singing or dancing. I mean, that's easy. So the agents do need to make more contact with casting directors. Okay. You know, I even went to Paris to see a production um, of, of a musical. Uh, I have to admit, I was paid my train fare and my hotel accommodation, but I insisted on buying all the food, but an agent took me. Now, that's fantastic. That cost them a Eurostar and two nights in a hotel. But they had three clients in the production. But even mm. so, they wouldn't have made any money for that. I think what artists also need to understand, it does cost your agents a lot of money to take people to the theatre. Particularly, yeah. we know how expensive those seats are. And we know there's no point shoving us in the back of the circle where we can't see someone's face. So I do appreciate that for small agencies, this is a very, very big costly event. Because I know that actors don't get any concessions at all. And so if your agent's coming and they're, ta- you know, they're going to maybe it's the Donmar one night, the Trafalgar Studios the next, or the Fimbrance, it's an expensive thing. But it is a good investment because then they get to know the casting director we get to know their taste in actors and through their taste in actors, you then trust them with a breakdown because you know that if you, if, if you have the same taste, they're going to suggest people and not waste your time for you personally. Obviously you're not in a performance at the moment for obvious reasons. There's nothing to stop you, Nicole approaching casting directors and inviting them to the theater Okay, I'm actually in something. With, with actors who've got no agent at all. In fact, I normally make that my priority. Yeah. Okay. So, uh, like, I don't know, a few months ago, somebody was in a play that Maxine Peake had written. It was all about uh, this amazing cyclist. I can't remember. I went somewhere I'd never been before. And they didn't have an agent. So I always feel, oh, my God, I, you should help these people that don't have agents because they're working so hard for themselves. So don't ever be afraid to ask people to see you in the theatre. Okay. It may be that you can't make it, but you must ask and encourage your agent to ask casting directors to the theatre. And me, I love a musical. Me too. <laughs> I'm actually doing, I'm in two pieces and they're both virtual. Well, send them to me. Yeah, I will. Like one is just, one's completely virtual and one is actually in October and it's in theatre and it's being live streamed, kind of like Lungs has been at the Old Vic. Well, fantastic. So what you must yeah. do then is, is email, you know, maybe two days in advance because if it's okay. something that we can record, we don't need week's notice. We're mm. all in, hun. We're not going anywhere. So email us and say like Thursday, nine o'clock. I did, I watched, I was telling Charlie earlier, a friend of mine was in a rehearsed, reading for the um, German Street Theatre, a Terence Vatican play. There's nothing to stop us. And if you've got the links, we can watch them at any time. Funnily enough, the drama students that are leaving all the drama schools this year, although we've not been able to go to their productions since February, we've been sent all their links. And I said, because I'm an ambassador at Alra South and North, I said, guys, more casting directors will have seen you this year, funnily enough, than ever before because they've not they can't get to your plays and probably wouldn't have done anyway but we can watch you on screen so take advantage of this now I mean I'm a bit old but I'm getting used to all this zoom stuff you know I'm getting better at it I can't launch a meeting but I can join one 
<laughs> and use us because use this technology because we're here doing fuck all darling so we want to see you wicked okay great thank you and do um you've charlie will have my email address so I, I, you'll find it somewhere okay i'll find it you have a website once i don't know if i still do possibly you do it's up it's up. No, I, I do i do nicole i do <laughs> uh, great um isabella hubbard isabella isabella hi oh hello my daughter's called isabella but she's with an a we've 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 i've had emails from you haven't i yeah, probably in the i think we've responded because i would i remember the o in the isabella yeah yeah isabella yeah it's the what they say the scottish way is what my gran used to say but i don't Excellent. know so my question was to you what what's your favorite part of casting if there is a favorite part of the casting and is there anything that makes you nervous that perhaps us as actors could help with if it's anything <laughs> side of things well my favorite cast of casting is being in the room with actors i love actors so i love the chat outside the room uh, you know I like to find out little bits about people so that perhaps, you know, I can, if there's something that would be useful to introduce into the media, I can sort of say, well, mention that. So my favourite is in the room. Um, Read-throughs I like because I love to see everybody around the table. After that, I kind of lose interest a bit because I'm on to the next thing. So, of course, I want to watch it when it comes on telly, but I do have a tendency to forget sometimes who I've cast. And I can be watching a programme thinking, oh, I don't know the murderer. And my daughter would say, but mummy, you cast it. Go, yeah, yeah, um, I think it might be him, but I can't really remember. <laughs> so I think that might be old age. But um, how can an actor help me? Blimey, having read the script, the thing that annoys me more than anything, and I get so angry, if someone's coming in for two lines and they haven't read the script, they go, well, I just read scene 54, that's all I'm in. And I say to them, so how do you know you're not this, this, and this? It's so important. This is mainly for young kids, obviously not for experienced people like yourselves, but it's mainly for youngsters. Although they are the odd experienced actor who can be exceedingly lazy, I'm here to tell you. Even quite well-known ones, which I'll naming them. But if you read every scene in the script, of course it's going to help you with your two lines. You know, you know I say to kids, look, say you're, in, you're serving at McDonald's Big Mac and Chips. And all you've got to do is say that'll be £5.50. Were you having a good day at McDonald's? Why are you there? There'll be a reason your scene is there. You may just be giving information. You may not even be in the shot at the end of the day. But if you've read the whole script, you've got the whole feel of the style. What's the pace of the piece? Where's the humour? Before the lockdown, I had this lovely actress come in, quite experienced, she's about 42, to read for a part, read it beautifully, but because she hadn't read the script, she didn't realise the whole thing had humour in it. So she read it. If I was casting it as a drama, she'd have got the part. She was fabulous. But she missed every moment, every nuance of humour in the scene and in the character. Why? Because she hadn't read the script and realised that it was a drama comedy. Okay. Quite an experienced girl. Agent said to me, she didn't get it. I went, no, why? I said, because she hadn't read the fucking script. That's why. <laughs> I mean, you know, get real. So the more you've absorbed the script, 
however small the part may be, and there are no small parts, everything is important because every director wants the absolute best actor, even if it's one line. They want the person that could play a lead doing that line. So the more you're comfortable with the script, and you can say, yeah, I've read it. Obviously, if you don't like it, don't mention that. But, you know, you always be able to find something positive, you can say, even in a poor script, of saying that, that makes me feel easy. That makes the room very relaxed because we all know that you've taken this seriously, maybe a tiny part, that's irrelevant. We know that on set you will come and you will deliver 150%. Always ask questions of your agent. It's the agent's job to ask me if something isn't clear. I try to give the clearest breakdowns, but it may well be that the night before, a new draft came in and there's a little bit more information that I haven't had time to maybe send out that you can say, just anything more before I go in the room? Never be shy to ask questions because it's our job to help you. Yeah. And you wouldn't be in that room if we didn't think you couldn't play the part because you wouldn't have got through the door in the first place. So have the confidence to know. I did this thing at our, um, on... Uh, I think it was last summer, it was the graduates, and I gave them all an envelope, and in the envelope was um, a scratch card, a coin, and some pieces of jigsaw. So I said, right, everybody open the envelope, do your scratch card, did anybody win, and somebody won five pounds, and went, well, that's lucky, well done, you've won five pounds. Now put your jigsaw piece, and I purposely had only had one envelope with jigsaw pieces that fitted. So they all went, so did anybody's jigsaw pieces fitted? Oh, my jigsaw piece, and I said, that's casting. Today, you got lucky, you got your £5 scratch card, you fitted the jigsaw. You can't do any more than that after you've done your audition. You don't know if you're going to fit that jigsaw piece. Nothing you can do about it. And basically, casting is, you've only got people in the room that can act, and then you're putting your jigsaw together. Does this work? Oh, I love that person, but if we do that, that doesn't quite work with their, that's what it's all about. So come into the room knowing, you know, you could do the job if you got it. You can't make yourself get it other than to have done the research that you can. Great. Thank you so much. Pleasure. Catherine. Hi, Susie. Oh, hello, Catherine. Hello. I don't think I've ever met you, so hello. <laughs> oh, nice to meet. Nice to meet you virtually. Yeah, I've recently just joined Alice and Kristen at TCG. Oh, lovely. Well, you're in very safe hands. Yes, they're lovely. Um, so my question is actually about Endeavour. Yes. And were you involved from the very beginning? Yes. So Sean Evans. So yes. my husband is from Liverpool, and I just wondered. It's just a little quirky question. What was it about him that you just knew was right for Moss? Because he's obviously a scouser. Did he have a bit of scouse charm? Was he just? Did he come in as him, or because there's also that thing about? I don't know if it's still relevant now, but there used to be a point where it's like go in as the character, don't go in as you, don't do the accent. Like so, it's just interesting because he's so good as Moss. Well, the first audition that Sean had for Endeavour was in my garden because it was oh, in the summer. And nice. I was putting people on tape for the, uh, we didn't have a director at that point, we just had the writer and producer. So yeah, Sean came in and was his wonderful Liverpudlian self. He got the job because he was the most talented. That's how it was. Yeah. Sean is very creative. I have to say for anybody that's ever in Endeavour, he is the loveliest leading man you will work with. He is so respectful to everybody. 
whether you are the runner or you are the DOP or you are the guest star. He is very caring to everybody. He cares about the scripts and he cares about the atmosphere on set. Mm -hmm. I've never heard him throw a wobbly in seven years. That's lovely. But he got the part. Yes, he's a really strong Liverpudlian. <laughs> so when people meet him and they think, oh, my God, you know, we didn't know you were from Liverpool. He's yeah. just very talented and yeah. is good at accents, which most of you all are. Yeah. Um, so basically, he got the job. He wasn't uh, famous at the time. He'd done some decent work, but certainly nobody in the street would have known who he was. Yeah. And he got the job purely based on his talent and talent yeah. alone. That's nice to hear. Very clever thing. He had studied John Thor a lot yeah. before his auditions. And he wasn't trying to do a replica of John's acting, but he did a few mannerisms okay. that John has. And he just very slowly introduced those into the audition, right. which he just didn't overdo it. And then as time has gone on, I think everybody would, would agree that he, he really has done a fantastic job in respect of, of the late and wonderful John Thor. Yeah, no, it's lovely. It's nice to hear because sometimes, because there was a phase, wasn't there, where there's so many actors now and so many accents and sometimes it's good to go for people that are from that place naturally and, and, it, and it lends itself to the production. I understand that. But it's also, like you said, we're all actors. We're meant to be able to do accents and things. So it's just well, nice. Of course, there are some very narrow-minded people, Catherine. Yeah. You know, there are some real idiots uh, around in directors that if you go... You might say, oh, you know, perhaps you better dumb down that a bit because, you know, they're not maybe the brightest spark on the block. Uh, but, sorry, <laughs> but uh, I always say, be yourself, come yeah. in completely, be yourself. And then when you read, because you are an actor, yeah. you're going yeah. to acting to be yourself. Exactly. Yeah. You're just in character then, aren't you? But as a casting director, we should know the personalities of our directors and producers and writers. Yeah. So we should be able to say to somebody, right, I know how to play this room. This is how you come in and play it. Yeah. That's our job. So say for instance, where are you from, Catherine? I'm originally from um, County Durham in the northeast, but it's kind of border North Yorkshire. Right. So, so if you know you're going in for a role, maybe, I don't know, Siren Sister, just for argument's sake, yeah. say to the casting director beforehand, look, this is where I'm from. I'm from Durham. Mm-hmm. Is the director, you know, completely open-minded? Is he absolutely happy that when I read, obviously I will read, excuse me, with a Siren Sister accent, yeah. and he or she should be able to say to you and give you the right advice. So I think it's wise to ask, but basically always be yourself. Yeah, perfect. No, that's great. In my opinion. Yeah, no, that's lovely. That's good to hear. Thank you. Um, sorry, I'm a bit dyslexic. Eva, Evangeline? Sorry. Evangeline, you're very close. Evangeline, <laughs> hello. Hello, how are you? Are you well? Yes, I'm very well. How are you doing? Fine, thank you, darling. Good, good, good. Um, I just had a quick question about um, auditions. As someone that kind of works in a lot of theatre, that's where we first met a couple of years ago, back in fringe theatre, very much in that world. Um, what would be your best advice for kind of bridging the gap, I suppose, between kind of like fringe physical theatre and moving into kind of more of the TV world because I feel like I've started to get more auditions um, but it's just kind of just kind of making that jump I suppose. I think it's understanding the rhythm of the piece like if you're going for Emmerdale or Coronation Street you know it's slightly heightened theatricality that might be required. Mm. If you're going for 
line of duty, you know, don't act. So I think it's knowing the programs that you're going for. So obviously, if it's a new series, there's no way of you knowing. And that's when you must ask your agent for as much information as they can get back to you. But if it's for a long running series, whether that's called the midwife or anything that you know, make sure you've watched maybe five or six episodes of that series. Easy now, of course, to get anything downloaded no excuses anymore absolutely <laughs> um, uh, so that you understand the rhythm and the style and everything has a slight style to it so it doesn't matter that you've done predominantly physical theater or fringe theater that shouldn't matter at all but know the understanding of the rhythm of the script that you're coming in for mm-hmm. and research a bit about who directed in the past and get to know a little bit about the way that they work or look at the shots and thinking okay fine okay right kind of suss that one that think that's probably the the area i will go through again ask as many questions as you can to your agent via the casting director but it shouldn't matter whether you've been in physical theater and you're up for a lead in pole dark it shouldn't make any difference just understand the nature and the rhythms are quite obvious that's why it's important to read a whole script i always send out a whole script i do hear stories sometimes that actors don't get the whole script so yeah. No, sorry about that, but I will always send a whole script. And that's why I expect someone to have read it all so you can get the whole pace and rhythm of it. And for any returning series, you know, it's important, if it's the Durrells or whatever, just watch a few episodes and then you just kind of get the feel of how the Durrells has its own style, you know, called The Midwife Does. Mm. And then one of my favourite um, programmes, although they're not making any more, was um, Channel 4's No Offence. Absolutely adored No Offence because I love the fact that, gosh, so no acting required. Absolutely. You know, and so fast and the pace is fast. Absolutely. So just to understand that and then you will go in, Evangeline, and you will be completely confident in how to do it because you will understand the whole piece that you're auditioning for. Yeah, I think I think it's I think I I for one I think it's quite common for a lot of people to get quite hung up on being too big. Kind of hate we, that. You know, we should be able to say bring it back. Yeah. You know, quite often you will get directors, I'm afraid, who won't direct in auditions. Mm-hmm. So that's up for me or anybody like me to say, whoa, 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 hold on a minute. Let's just do that again. The directors don't like being told that, but once you've said it, they you know, they can't say no. And of course, you get to an age like me and you're, you're confident to be able to do that because I know what I know my actors and I know what they can bring. So if I think they've really done a really bad reading, I'll go, whoa, 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 whoa. Why don't we just, should we do that again? And I can look at the actor in the IML to kind of suss what I'm meaning. I'm not allowed to direct in front of the director. Of course I can't and I wouldn't dream of it. But they then, that gives them the opportunity of saying, oh yeah, well, maybe... And normally, if you're asked to do it again, you are too big. Mm, that's good to know. <laughs> you know, and so I would, in a, if they don't say, they say do it again and they haven't given you anything, just think, okay, perhaps I better just pull back a bit. Draw it back slightly. Okay, awesome. Thank you. But Thank again, you. Evangeline, don't be afraid to say to the director, sorry, can you help me? You know, I wasn't too sure. Is there something you would like me to do? What was I doing wrong? And hopefully, they will res- he or she will respond to you. Always ask the question. Always ask. Never be afraid. But I tell you one thing. If you've done a reading and you think it's gone well, don't ask to do it again. <laughs> Just be sure that it's gone well. If you think, I think actually that's gone well, don't offer it up. 
because mm. it annoys everybody. Absolutely. Don't annoy anyone. That's the main rule. Because they're thinking, oh my God, we're going over time and now we're going to be really, really late for the next actor. Yeah. <laughs> awesome. Lovely. Thank you so much, Susie. Pleasure, darling. Uh, just a heads up, Susie, we're just coming up to 10 to. Oh, I can um, carry on. Don't worry. Unless there's a time limit. Yeah. No, no, no. It's, uh, it's, it, it, the ball's in your court. Fine. Uh, great. Um, well, there, I, I see there's um, six hands up. So Fine. I'll answer six questions. Brilliant. Thank you so much. Uh, Megan. Hello. Hi, Susie. Hi, Megan. Um, I was just wondering, as someone, because we haven't met before, so... How do you like to be approached by someone you don't know? What sort of information would you like to know? That sort of thing. I always want to know if you're going to be on television or in the theatre. Mm-hmm. And I find the old-fashioned way of sending a postcard with your photo and on the back saying, please watch me, 7.30 diddly diddly do, or I will be appearing at the film, blah, 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 blah. So if you're performing in anything, that's the opportune time to get in touch. Mm-hmm. To be honest, if there's nothing current you can show, it's probably a letter that's going to end up in the bin. Right. I'll be perfectly honest with you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, occasionally, things work out. There's a story that the actor Peter Sullivan tells. Um, I was casting a series, I don't know, 30-odd years ago called Over the Rainbow. And we were looking for two new young guys to play the leads. And he wrote, he'd had an argument with his agent or something, and he didn't have an agent, so he wrote. And at the time, I thought, oh, he might be right. But anyway, he got the job. And he always tells that story of saying, see, I wrote my letter, Susie, and it just happened to fall on the desk at the right time. Now, you can write a letter and it fall on the desk at the wrong time. So there is no right or wrong. But generally speaking now, with the situation, climate as it is, I wouldn't waste writing to anybody unless you specifically have got something to tell them or you want them to watch your showreel. Okay. That's easy. Try not to email because the emails, I cannot tell you, I literally cannot reply to every email every day. It's, yeah. There isn't the time. But there is nothing wrong with a little postcard, a second-class stamp. If there's nothing urgent, doesn't cost you a lot of money, just pop in the phone and say, hi, Megan here. We've not met. This is my spotlight pin number or whatever the number is. I would absolutely love it if you could just watch my showreel. Don't ask for a response and then we can. But the emails, I tell you, sometimes you can get like over 100 in a day and just think, I can't answer. I just literally, I cannot answer them all. Yeah, yeah. So I, I would, little postcards with, your, with an up-to-date photo of it. And, cool. you know, and if you're running out of money and you need a new photo session, I always say to actors, on a fine day, go to a park with your best mate, black and white film and an ordinary camera, take it to Boots, you will get two decent photographs after that so mm. if you've no money and your photograph is out of date get your best friend to take it on a nice lit day outdoors it will be fine we only want a photograph that looks like you yeah we want you to look like you as you are today megan which is lovely when you walk in the door you go, that's exactly the person i thought i was gonna see yeah yeah it's um it's really nice to hear actually because um i'm a 2020 grad so like where have we just graded from um gsa right so i should be able to watch your show reel shouldn't i Mm, yeah we've got like a virtual showcase out as well and um yeah we should have information you do the acting course yeah 
good so yeah but at the moment um everyone's just sending loads of emails so I can really understand how you're just, just, just inundated. it really is and you yeah. feel so guilty it makes you yeah. feel so guilty mm. but there just isn't the time in the day yeah yeah but yeah thank you for that that's really really useful good good luck Ella. thanks Ella hello oh hello I know you how are you? I've met you before. How are you? I'm good, thank you. Yeah, I'm good. Um, so my question was about showreels, so it's a good little follow-on. Um, I'm just recently, I'm just about to re-edit mine, and I was just wondering if you had any tips, any pet peeves or like duration of showreels that you just won't, or also um, actually how, how you watch them. Do you watch the whole thing or if you Watch them on the computer, always. Mm-hmm. Um... So, because nowadays, obviously, in the olden days, people would send you a VHS, but of course, yeah. it's on a computer now. Um, short and sweet, to be honest. Um, occasionally, I see showreels, this is particularly from people who've been at drama school, and because they haven't worked yet, some of the showreels are not up to scratch on the standard of writing. The moment you're watching a showreel with shit writing, you've lost complete interest in that person because nobody can overcome terrible writing. doesn't matter how good you are. It's just impossible. So if, if, you, if that's the situation, think again. There are companies, aren't there, Kristen, I think, that, can, that make showreels. And so I think some write for them. So if you know that what you've got, if you've not yet worked professionally and you haven't got you know, your episode to put up, doesn't matter how small it is, one scene's enough make sure the writing is decent and choose, you know, if your best friend's not a very good actor, sorry, dump them. Choose somebody who's a really, really good actor because the moment you see a bad actor on screen, you've, you've turned off. Okay. So even if they're your best friend and they're not good enough, they're not good enough, delete. Um, I don't mind things that are two to three to four minutes long, to be honest, if they've got interesting scenes on them. But I often, when people send me them for advice, I will be very truthful and say, in fact, I did the other day to an actor, um, told him to take off two scenes off his show because I thought they were awful. And I had no problem in saying they're awful, you're awful in it, but your other two scenes are good because nobody wants to be shown something that's awful. You need the advice. And it's, you know, and you have to take that advice. Yeah, of course. So send me your show, Will, and I'll be honest with you. <laughs> Challenge accepted. <laughs> Thank you. Pleasure, darling. Simon. Hi, Susie. Simon here. Oh, hello, Simon. Hello. Nice, nice to meet you. I haven't met you before. Um, thanks for doing this, Susie. I Pleasure. just had a question going back to what you were saying earlier about reading the script. I've usually manage to get hold of a script but if you don't get hold of it they won't release it or you don't get it in advance and you're up for a small part what do you think is the best question to ask so that you don't fall into that trap of misjudging oh that's very difficult isn't it and i know that for a lot of american projects aren't they they're very sort of censorious about what they will or won't yeah. send out i suppose all you can do then simon it uh, is obviously going to be a new project if you haven't got the script i suspect mm-hmm. it's not anything that would have been done before I think just have to ask your agent to ask the casting director, <laughs> sorry, excuse me, how your character relates. Yeah. Obviously, if it's maybe one scene that's not come back, is there any, any storyline they can give you 
yes. uh, to the piece that, that you can kind of fit in where you might fit into that puzzle really hard. I do appreciate that without a script, it's incredibly hard to work that out. Yeah. And uh, if it was me and I wasn't allowed to give a script out and only a scene, I would certainly go to the writer myself and ask him, her or they to say, write something for me that I can tell that can help this actor. Yeah. Writers are normally very, very good. If, if anybody bothers to ask them, mm. they will do that. Russ mm. Lewis, who writes um, Endeavour, occasionally he'll give me a storyline and I've got to maybe precast somebody, maybe, you know, it's a 10-year-old child or something or somebody with a particular skill and you don't know them. And I go, oh, Russ, can you write me a scene? And he will always do that. Right. Um, so I think it, it's a hard task, that one, Simon, but I think... Just ask them, is there anything in the storyline that they can tell you that you can relate? Otherwise, you're going to have to make it up yourself, I'm afraid. Yes. I appreciate that's a really tough one. It's good to have your answer. Thanks very much, Susie. Thank you. Shauna. Hiya. Oh, hello. Hi, how are you, Susie? I'm very well, thank you. Um, I just have two questions for you. Uh, one question is, what would be the ultimate advice you'd give someone in the industry? Don't enter it. <laughs> I would. Really? When people ask me, should I become an actor? I say, is there anything else you're interested in? If they immediately say, oh, I quite like such and such, I say, you've answered your question immediately. Don't be an actor. Mm. If you come back, just say, there is nothing absolutely in the world that I want to do. I have to be an actor. Then you have to be an actor. Yeah. How old are you? Oh, I'm not allowed to ask. Sorry, sorry. Okay, I'm 22. Fine. So have you just graduated from somewhere? No, actually, I'm with Christian at um, TCG agency at the minute. Yeah. Fine. Um, lovely Irish accent I'm hearing. Thank you very much. Where from? Uh, Dublin. Oh, gorgeous. Well, there's fantastic work in Dublin. Yeah, yeah. And and screen wise. (laughs) But you're living in London, am I guessing? No, I'm in Dublin at the minute, but I have family over in London. So anytime I need to go over, I stay with them. Fine, so that's easy to do. Yeah, I'm lucky in that way, yeah. Advice to starting out, oh my gosh. Um, Well, you're in a great place. You've got a good agent. Yeah. So you're in a very, very fortunate position, Shauna, because so many people starting out do not have that. Yeah. And that is really, really hard. Yeah, yeah. Um, What made you be an actress? I don't know. I started acting, going to like acting classes when I was sixteen. So have um, you been professional since you were since you were a teenager? Well, I'd say I got my first film when I was, I think I was nineteen. Right. Um, and it was kind of for the referendum over in Ireland, the abortion referendum. Right. So, um, but that was in cinemas for two weeks at least. Um, so I had a good showreel from that yeah. and then I went around myself sending emails and calls and then Kristen I sent one to Kristen and she got in contact with me so I went over to London met her and thankfully she accepted well um, you're in a very great place and in a very safe pair of hands and Kristen has all the contacts so in a way you can lean on her that's not to say you can't do your own research if you hear of anything, but you are in a really yeah. fortunate position. A, you've got some professional work. B, you've already got an agent. And I guess that's going to be your profession and that's what you're going to stick at. So yeah. in a way, you're kind of not started. You've already started. Mm-hmm. You've already made the decision that you are 
are a professional actress. Definitely. So not much more I can sort of say to that really on advice other than watch endless television so that when you do go up for a television role, whatever it is, good, bad and different, you understand the programme. And I think that's something that everyone's got time to do, whether that's watching Netflix, whatever. And I've always said that to young people because the chances are you're going to have more auditions for screen work than you will for stage work. So literally, even if you don't enjoy it, it doesn't matter. And you think, well, I hate that series. Just watch two episodes of it. So if it comes around, you you, you understand it. Um, Actually, my last question is, um, I watched Poldark with my family before. I'm just wondering, Aidan Turner is from an area where I'm from. And I just want to ask, what made you cast him? Um, it was the writer and the exec producer who immediately, once they started talking about Poldark, said, we have to have Aidan Turner. Oh. And, uh, and he had voice lessons. To, well, he had already played English before, so I think he was yeah. a few voice lessons. But, I mean, the fact is, he fitted the description to a T, and I have to tell you, no one else was considered for the role but Aidan. Wow. And he was offered it, he didn't even have to audition. Everybody else auditioned for every other role, but um, not Aidan. The writer had him in mind, and so did the exec producer, Damien Timmer. And we all agreed. There wasn't any dissension (laughs) on it, but he was just offered it straight away. Yeah. Oh, well. Well, thank you very much. Lovely to talk to you. Just to prove that an accent doesn't matter. You know, he comes from Ireland. He was was a Cornish aristocratic family. So it was all about the talent and the looks. That's it. Oh, thank you so much for answering my question. Pleasure, darling. Robin. Hi, Robin. Um, yes, hi. Uh, Susie, I can't remember whether we met before. I think we have. I'm sure we have. Uh, probably quite a while ago, I think. So I'm sort of partly um, uh, one of Harry. I mean, I've been back working for a while now. But uh, a bit like Harry, sort of been off the scene uh, for mainstream telly for a little while. Um, but I, I did a musical last November, a very good one, uh, which we filmed. So I wonder if I could send you a couple of clips of that. Yeah, I'd love to see it. It's on climate change and uh, in, down at Hastings. So it's rather good. And, you know, I could send you a little postcard or letters. No, send, if you've got the link, send it me on an email because then I can click on the okay. link. Okay. But in that case, please do send me the email because it'll be much easier. All right. Okay. Thank you very much. It's it's, it's fascinating uh, listening to you and hearing about how things are at the moment. Plus the aspect of thing about Van der Waals and that interests me about uh, productions abroad as well in Europe and and for you saying that you know you're very much sticking with here. That's your patch. Uh, um, oh, it's just anyway. It's great to have you here. So, oh, thank, thank you. you. All right. Do send me that link. I will. I will. watch it. All right. Thanks very much. And I'll. Oh. Sorry, Robin. I um, I muted you. <laughs> you can unmute yourself, mate. Uh, sorry. I just wanted to say, do you, uh, is Wurzel Gummidge your? No, it's not mine at all. I just know that they were doing it because I was checking an actor's right. availability in the agency. Okay, no, it's very good. No, because my agent's got a, a one of the little boy uh, is. Uh, no, it's not mine, but I just heard that they were filming again. Really enjoyed it anyway. Okay, thanks very much. So, Susie, that 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 was the six. Since then, there's three others. Yeah, go on. Uh, um, but n- that will be the the last three. Yeah. Thank you. No props. All right. So, so thank you. Uh, so, Jackie. 
Hi. Hello. How are oh, you? How are you? I'm good, thank you. Nice to see you. Been a long time. I know. Um, first of all, I have to say that was like a thunderbolt to you saying don't go into the business because my daughter's 15 and she wants to get into the business. No, so. what's her name? Henrietta. Henrietta, don't do it. No, I, I literally, if I was taping this, I would take it and show her and say don't. Anyway, um, I wanted to ask you about self-tapes. Yes. Um, and Because I always wonder when you're asked to do a self-tape, if more are asked than normal, normally would go in for an actual face-to-face casting, and if they're always watched. Um, I hate self-tapes, to be honest. And mm-hmm. before this pandemic, I would always meet people and record them myself. I think it's quite lazy to ask yes. an actor to self-tape. I also think it's unfair Mm-hmm. particularly for youngsters because they think they've got to sort of maybe buy a prop or an outfit or something. So it kind of uh, it upsets me. So I have hardly ever, ever asked for a self-tape. And if someone's abroad and they can't come, that's fine. Obviously now it's different. And this week, you know, yes, from now on, self-tapes are going to, I will have, probably have to ask for, for, for some. Yeah. So I forgot what the question was, sorry. Um, I just wondered if, you know, instead of people coming into the room, if if act, more actors are seen for the same I think they probably are I think yes yeah. I probably think probably the net is open wider because just yeah. as a casting director you would see all the self tapes and then probably you would choose the best six to show to your director yeah so yes I guess the net is open wider in that respect um oh where have you got oh you've got yeah. you moved space somebody left and you've moved space um <laughs> uh it's and then I, w- I wonder if their seat, they're always watched. Oh, I would imagine they would be, yeah. I can't yeah. imagine that they wouldn't be because um, they would need to select who they liked to, to, yeah. to show to the writer and producer. So I'm sure they're watched. I, 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 I'm certain they would be. Yeah. Um, it just, it's just been very rare for me to ever ask for them. Yes. Uh, but now, yes, until there's, the Zooms are up and the directors are coming, then, yes, I guess there will be a lot more self-tapes. And I know for America they're very important. Mm-hmm. Um, I, yeah, I think I just hate them because I'm a people person and I, like, I just think you miss so much if you don't meet somebody in a room. Also, yeah. you can redirect them. You can say, oh, crikey, you know what I mean? Let's do that bit of the scene again so there's an opportunity to direct when you're just um, meeting just me on my own. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I guess all the decisions have to be made by the actor and that's not fair because you've got one chance sort of self-tape. Yeah, and, yeah. Uh, yeah, I guess it's just something we you're going to have to just bear with, I suppose, for the time being. But I did used to think it was lazy. Now, of course, I appreciate it's probably going to be the only route. Yes. And I hope that as soon as there's a vaccination for us all, that we can go back to meeting in people and that we won't... I hope this won't become the norm, is what I'm saying. Yes. I genuinely hope that this doesn't become something that a director says, oh, well, I don't have to come to London now. We can just do a Zoom casting. Mm. That's my fear. Yes. Um, You know, I don't know. Thank you. Sorry, I'm not very helpful on that. Sorry. That's interesting. Thanks. Chris. Oh. oh, hello, Chris. How are you? I'm good, thanks, Susie. How are you? See you. And you, and you. Just, you may have just answered this a second ago, actually, and it might be irrelevant now anyway with the whole self-tape thing, but if you're casting um, a character and you see... Sorry, there's a, there's a... You have a meeting with an actor and then 
say, a casting director sees another actor, but they only want to see a self-tape from the other actor. Is there a reason for that, why the casting director will want to meet, uh, meet one actor and not the other? I would imagine, and I've not done it, but I would imagine they weren't too keen on the person they've asked to self-tape and they're just getting rid of the agent by saying, give a self-tape and we'll consider him or her. I okay. It's, cool. it's probably the honest answer to that. I was just wondering. I did think that, but it's I thought, probably, well, yeah. I don't know. I guess that's probably the answer. Okay, okay. It's good to know, so I won't hold my breath. No, I, you know, I'm only assuming that. Yeah, that's fine. That's good. <laughs> <laughs> Yes, yes, that's brilliant. Thank nice you. to see you, Chris. And you, and you. Um, Will. Hello, darling. How are you? Nice to see you. How's it going? Good, thank you. Um, I just wanted to ask kind of a couple of things you touched on, but bringing in the room for your first take of a scene, what kind of things would you suggest for an actor? Because especially if the scene's laden with a lot of physical action, you obviously the props aren't there, you're not in the thin corridor or the whatever um where do we f- or where do you enjoy seeing an actor fallen choice wise in terms of fully in the scene even if it's all in their head or or like respecting it's it's a tape you need to see my eyes blah 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 if it's a physical scene then normally i would have discussed with the director beforehand is this a scene we should be choosing for an audition because most of the time I would say, don't let's do it. It's the same with love scenes. If there's a scene and you obviously, I would say, well, there's no pointless doing that in an audition room unless it's on a recall and you've got the both people that are there for, for obviously the, the, the chemistry uh, testing. So if a physical scene is chosen, then yes, I would go with it. For, well, I would actually work that out and I would say to the casting director, okay, I've rehearsed it like this. So I'm going to stand up. Is it okay if you can hand hold the camera? or, you know, whatever um, apparatus they have and say, it's been impossible for me not to include the physicality on this. But I would hope that that scene wouldn't be chosen. I guess if that's the actor's only scene he's got, then yes, I would go with it and I would rehearse the action and say, this is what I've done because there's no other scene where maybe it's just a two-hander scene that you can sit down and, and read with. So yeah, I think I would go with it, Will. Okay. But I would certainly explain and say, this is how I've done it, because there was no alternative. Right. Very yeah. hard when it's, it's I, I tend not to cast sort of big physical action stuff. So most of my drama are very much character based. But I guess if there was a scene and if it's, I don't know, if it's a gun involved or your chase, I'm hoping that they wouldn't choose that scene for you to do. But if they do, go for it completely. But tell them first. Yeah, yeah. Give them warning. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. All right, thank you. Sorry, it's not very helpful, really. No, so. no, it's plenty helpful. Thank you. Um, and lastly, uh, Adam. Hello, how are you? I'm good, thanks. So I, I just wanted to say thanks so much for doing this. Some of you have already answered my question and so much more besides, but... Uh, I'm sure there's other things you'd rather be doing than talking to a bunch of actors. Not at all. I love well, talking to actors. That's for that. I mean, well, that, that and all the positive stuff you said about lights at the end of the tunnel right at the beginning. So I just wanted to say hi and thank you. And thanks to Kristen and Charlie as well for, for organising this because stuff like this really helps. I mean, I, don't, I sort of didn't realise how much I was missing it all until you get involved with... It's hard, actors. isn't it? I think, you know, the isolation that we're all feeling is quite tough. And because we are in this industry, we're such people, people 
that is I think it's good to do things like this because I think it sort of gives us all a little bit of a uh, you know an uplift seeing faces when we're only sort of you know seeing the back door or whatever so yeah Actually, just, I, 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 brilliant idea brilliant idea that you've done this yes thank you guys thank you uh, I just thought of something I, I love yeah. the fact that you're going to attempt zoom castings in the absence of getting people in in uh, um, I think that will definitely be what will be happening whilst we were the situation now like for McDonald and Dodds once the director's on board which will be next week or the week after and the characters are the ones that are audition, you know, auditioning actors not straight off of people it will most definitely be a Zoom casting session and if, if I that... do not want any actors having to go on public transport at the moment while the pandemic is still rife you know, I do fear a second wave. And so for me, the most important thing is the actors are kept safe and not having to go on public transport. You know, this whole thing about Boris saying, you know, don't go on public, you know, who's, who, who London young has got a car? You know, who can afford to, young people to, to, you know, have cars in London, congestion charge at 15 quid, petrol, parking. I mean, really, you know. So yes, I will want to do Zoom castings mainly as a protection for actors' health. And also for their money, it's, it's too costly. Like, for instance, you know, if um, Sean has got to come over from Dublin, that's a flight, that's a tube, you know, on days when we don't know who's got the bloody virus and they could cough in her face. So for the moment, it will be Zoom for safety, I think. Thank you. And it, that, that being the case, would you, I mean, you might, this might be not something you, you, you thought, should we sort of set it up as though it was a self-tape, so have the... Well, I think just as you are today, because that's what we're going to be in. And I think be as relaxed as possible. I will give the agents who's coming to the auditions the most information I can about everybody that I would have done outside the room. And I think just as we are now, as long as we can see head and shoulders, I think that's all we're going to be doing, to be honest. And, you know, we don't need, we wouldn't have props in an audition. You know, if you were coming for a detective, you'd probably wear a shirt and a tie. Do you know what I mean? If you yeah. were going for, you know, a bodybuilder trainer, personal trainer, you'd probably have a T-shirt on. So just the normal things that you would do in a normal audition. And it matters not what is behind you at all. Your kitchen, bathroom, bedroom, it so doesn't matter. It shouldn't matter anyway. And I'm sure it won't matter. Okay, brilliant. Thank you. And lovely to see you. And you. Great. Well, Susie, thank you so much. Absolute pleasure. Great.